0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door go to Tacovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today
1: on earth there is no heaven, but there are pieces of it. Jules Renard
2: I ran into a bear I was coming around a corner and, and uh, I could see some movement there and Dan Becker has a really short, funny video where he's he's doing an interview kind of with himself. But anyway, it's it's a hiker talking to like a neighbor and, and they're like, well, what are you gonna do if you run into wild animals out there? And he's like, well, I'm just gonna yell, hey bear. And they're gonna instinctively run away in fear. And then at the end of the video, you hear him going, hey bear, hey bear. And he's running away from a bear chase at them, you know? I, I ran into the bear and I'm like, hey bear, hey bear. He's just kind of looking at me and he slowly starts walking away. He was a really, and he turns around and kind of squares up with me a little bit, facing me. And I'm like, oh, are we going to have a charge?
1: I'm Doc, and this is the John Freaking Mirror Pod. Let's start off with a reminder. If you are enjoying the podcast, take just a minute to help us out. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. And if you're not enjoying the pod, well, just go ahead and keep that to yourself. <laughs> well, this week, I've got a very different type of episode for you, our constant listeners. This week's episode was a few weeks, maybe even a couple of months in the making. You see, this episode has two very distinct parts. The first segment, this one right now, was recorded before Mike Riggs took on the John Muir Trail this summer. And the second segment was recorded after he completed the hike. This is our first before and after episode. Welcome to the John Freaky Muir Pod, Mike. How's it going? It's going good. Let's hope I make it back for that second interview, huh? Yeah, otherwise this episode is not going to be too exciting. You you have to hang in there and, and do the trail and come back and talk to us about it. All right. And I really appreciate the fact that you, I think you reached out to me on on Facebook with this concept,
2: and uh, you know what? I think it is brilliant. So where, where'd you come up with this idea? I don't know. I just thought I was just thinking about you know some of the different responses you hear about people when they start getting into hiking or they're thinking about doing a through hike and pretty much romanticizing, you know, what their expectations are of the hike versus what really happens out there. And I thought you know it'd be kind of fun just to hear the different responses in myself even you know, in regard to the before and the after.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of romanticizing that goes on out there. I mean, if you if you just think that hikes are all what is posted on Instagram, I mean, you are sadly mistaken, right? I mean, that 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 is just the the moments of glory in between all the agony in between.
2: Oh, oh yeah, I'm I know I'm gonna have a lot of type two fun out there. And I'm just hoping I don't have too much type three fun out there. (laughs)
1: That's (laughs) right. Very good. Very good. All
2: right. Hey, Mike,
1: have you, uh, have you picked up a trail name up to this uh, point? Here? You know what? I,
2: I don't have a trail name cause I really haven't done any long distance trails other than when we were on the Pacific Crest trail doing a section, section J last summer with my son-in-law, Nick and his buddy, uh, Luke, they were being really nice and polite to me and trying to be real kind. And I was giving them crap just for fun. And they really didn't know how to take me. And, um, so anyway, Nick, he uh, ended up leaving his, his sleeping pad there in the car, and we headed out. We were about 5, 10 miles out, and we get a, a in-reach message from his wife. It's like, hey, I got your pad. You want to turn around and come back? And we're like, no way. We're not hiking back. And I had a Z-Rest pad that I used just to kind of lounge around as a, as, a, as a camp chair, and then I've got a Nemo Tensor that I sleep on. And so I let him use that. But then he said he didn't have room for it on his pack, so I ended up carrying this thing for the whole week. And I'm like, Hey, what's this? Am I the mule? You know? And uh, so we're, we're in about four days in on the trip and, and Nick is our, excuse me, Luke, his buddy has been really nice to me. And he's like, Hey Mike, these ladies were coming through and they had pack horses and they had a mule and they're coming through the Creek there to resupply a, a trail crew on the Pacific Crest trail. He's like, look, Mike, you're not the only old mule out here. And that one kind of stuck. So right now I guess it's old mule or, Maybe it's one of these since I haven't done any trails yet, but I really don't have a trail name yet. I like Old Mule. That that has kind of has a nice ring to it. <laughs> yeah, it might stick. We'll see how it goes.
1: Okay. All right. Now I, I have a follow-up question here because uh, you said Nick is your son-in-law, right?
2: That is correct. Yes.
1: And so he he's not quite sure how to treat you out there, is it? Uh, you know, it's the father-in-law. I've got to stay in his good graces. I got to. Well,
2: well, he he learned he learned real quick. You know, if somebody's not giving me a hard time, I'm not really comfortable. So, uh, yeah, no, he he knows how to take me now.
1: Yeah, there should be some good sparring out there. Some, you know, a little bit, a little bit trash talking, you know, a little bit of ribbon. I mean, that's that's Uh, uh, that's the that's the fun part of it out there.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. If you're not doing that, you're not having fun.
1: Okay, now you have listened to some of the episodes. And so uh, do you have a favorite episode
2: so far? You you know what? Um, I like the one where we were. Quadzilla was on there. Yeah. And also, um, what was the other one? Uh, was it Ginger Balls? Ginger Balls. He he's
1: always he he's one of my favorites. He is so yeah. fun to talk to.
2: Yeah, it was interesting because you know he's he's has so much experience on the trail and you know kind of gives gives you, gives you a, a little bit more of a, a real look at it. I think.
1: Yeah, we're gonna have him on for his fourth time on the podcast uh, when we can line up some time when he's off the gl- glacier. He's up there in Alaska right now doing some dog sledding. Um, and, uh, every time we we've tried to connect when he's off the glacier and within some, some decent Wi-Fi, I've always had a conflict. So we're going to oh, get him on for season four, some somewhere in the season. So nice, nice. Yeah, and and Quadzilla, I mean, Jack Jones, what a story that guy has.
2: It was, and you know, what was really cool about him sharing his story is he was so open with his whole life. Right. And it's, it's interesting really, you know, getting to, getting a little background on somebody like that.
1: Yeah. Yep. You know, I, I've said a couple of times on this podcast that, uh, you know, we talk about outdoor adventure and all the various aspects to that. But I think really at its heart, this podcast is a human interest story. I love hearing the stories behind our guests, you know, what, you know, who they are and what they've gone through. And sometimes I ask questions that I know the answers to. And sometimes I ask questions expecting a certain answer and I get a completely different answer. And it just takes us in a, a wild direction, but that's okay. Cause yeah. I, I love to hear the stories. Like when I asked Jack where he was from, tell us about his childhood. And right. he, you know he tells us about that whole story where he, he was born in China during the uh, Tiananmen Square uh, revolution and um, how that all unfolded, just mind blowing.
2: Yeah. It really was. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty, pretty cool that he shared that. Yeah. And you know, one it's, well, thing it's, really, it's kind of interesting about about hiking with people is people have a tendency to open up sometimes. So that's kind of cool.
1: That's right. I'm looking forward to seeing how you open up and what you share tonight. Okay. <laughs> well, the reason I asked if you had listened to the podcast before, cause I want to make sure that you're familiar with a regular segment that we do, which is called the, the pro tip inside of the week. That's a segment that comes towards the end and we'll okay. talk, we'll have this segment. After you get back from the John Muir Trail, I'll ask right. you for, for a pro tip uh, that you can right. share with our listeners to make their next outdoor experience even better. Sounds good. Okay. Yeah. And, and feel free to drop trail wisdom throughout uh, the episode, though.
2: Okay. Okay. What what little wisdom I have, I'll drop. Okay. All right. You know, compared compared to your other other podcasts that you've you've done, I'm I'm uh, very limited in regard to my knowledge compared to these other guys.
1: We cover the full spectrum, and we have fun doing it, so no That's problems. Good. All right. It's time for a current event. So, Mike, I don't know if you've heard a segment yet where we've done a a current event, but I've got some stuff to talk about today that is recently in the news that I thought I'd share with you and kind of get your impressions on. So, you ready for this? Yeah, I think so. Okay. (laughs) So, you know, what I just learned about just the other day is that, you no, know, we're, we're recording this, this is June 1st right now. Right. And so what I learned is we have two episodes dropping this week. We always drop an episode on Saturday and then another one on Monday. Okay. And uh, my two guests this week, Saturday's guest is John Schwartz. Uh, goes by the trail name Airborne and he, ha- he yo-yoed the Pacific Crest Trail. He basically wow. made the Pacific Crest Trail an out and back trail. Right, he he hiked from Mexico to Canada and then turned around and came back. So it was just an yeah. out and back. That's all. It was. That's crazy. Yeah, and then Monday's guest is Derek Matthewson, who goes by Dreadhead Derek, and we yeah. talked to him about some of his adventures out in the uh, in the canyons and desert out there. And I come to learn this this past Saturday that those two guys know each other. They went. To, they actually went to high school together, and. You know, I had not known that ahead of time. It was not planned. It was not coordinated. But two guys who know each other very well, who went to high school together, end up on the same podcast and their episodes are coming out within two days of each other.
2: Wow. Did they do much together outdoors
1: when they were in high school? They haven't said. Uh, I haven't learned anything about that. But I did okay. suggest to them that they need to come on to the to the podcast and do a reunion episode where we kind of get to the nitty gritty and, and talk about all that. That'd be fun. Cool.
2: Yeah. That'd be interesting. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And then I've got a couple of other pieces of news. Unfortunately, this is, this is not as happy of news. Uh Um, We saw this week that a hiker fell off McAfee knob off of uh, the AT and and died. He actually, they think he passed out while he was up on the, on the knob and fell to his death,
2: which is uh, tragic. That is, that is pretty tragic. Uh, You know, living here in Arizona, I I do a lot of things in the Grand Canyon and stuff. And of course, we hear about a lot of tourists and stuff falling off the the edges, doing their selfies and stuff there too. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, I think he was from the Netherlands. And I don't think he was doing the whole trail, like he was doing a section, but he was going to plan to come back and do the whole trail later. And people said that, you know, they were talking to him and he was absolutely, seemed absolutely fine. And then he just kind of slumped and fell off. And so they think he may be, uh, he may be passed out and I guess just a real tragedy.
2: Well, yeah, it's tough. Very tough.
1: Yeah. And then unfortunately there is a trail on the Northern coast of California called the Lost Trail. Have you heard of that one? No, I'm not familiar with the Lost Trail. Yeah. So it is a trail that goes along the coastline. They tried to build, um, highway one Pacific coast highway uh all the way up and down the state. And I guess they ran into some pretty rugged terrain up in northern California. And so they abandoned that effort. But so now there is a a hike up there called the Lost Coast that kind of uh hikes along that and along the along the beach. But there are some segments of that hike where you have to know the tides. Okay. I've heard a little bit about that. Yeah. You can't make it around uh at, at high tide. You have to know when low tide is to be able to make it across. And I guess I guess I just saw in the news today, uh, this afternoon that, that two hikers drowned while trying to do the lost coast in California. So,
2: well, that's tough. You know, you hate to hear those stories, but it's, you know, there's, you're going to go somewhere or another eventually. And, you know, at least they were out there doing something they enjoyed. So that's good.
1: Yeah. And I'm not trying to spook you by, by bringing these up before your, your job, your trail hike, (laughs) but, uh, you know, we, we have to realize and recognize that with all the with all the beauty out there, sometimes there comes there comes some
2: element of uh, danger. Oh, definitely no. There's there's definitely danger out there, and you've got to respect it. And when it comes to the John Muir Trail, I think some of the things that I would be my highest things that I'm going to be watching closely would be you know lightning, of course. And then also we haven't had too much snow, so I I don't think I'm going to have major issues with any, any river or Creek crossings like they have some other years, but those, those are two things that you just, some people don't take, they, they don't even think about it's not on their radar screen, but that's, I'll be watching that.
1: Right. I'm going to give you a pro tip here that nobody told me, even my hiking buddies who are a little more uh, experienced than me. When you, when you cross a river, especially if it's, if it's you know, approaching waist deep, make sure. sure that you unbuckle your hip belt.
2: Okay. Yeah.
1: Because if you go down, you want to be able to get out of your pack. You don't want to be weighted down by your pack and,
2: and uh, drown because of that. So. Right. Well, I'll keep that in mind. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I had heard that previously, but I'll definitely keep okay. that in All mind.
1: Right. It's just a reminder then.
2: Yeah. Yeah. All right.
1: The must bring gear review. All right, old mule, another oh. feature we've been doing this season is they must bring gear review sponsored by the ultralight backpacking company six moon designs here's how it works, if you were to let a stranger pack your bag with pretty much generic gear for a multi day hike, what is the one specific piece of gear you would insist on being packed, and if you've got a particular brand for that specific piece of gear even better. So, Mike, what is your must bring piece of gear out there?
2: My must bring piece of gear is I've got big old wide feet, so it would be my Ultra Lone Peak shoes, and I've got uh, prescription ortho- orthopedics that fit inside of those. So that's that's my must bring. Not too exciting, but uh, yeah, they get so, me down the trail.
1: So important. I mean, if the feet aren't happy, the hiker's not happy. I mean, okay. if you if you're if you're focused on every painful step, it's not a very good hike. No, no. So yeah, that, that's, that's my number one priority. Okay. Did you find yourself uh, when you started hiking, going the expected route, what everybody, you know, what you thought of hiking in that, and that's boots. Did you try oh, to yeah. switch?
2: Yeah. When I first started hiking, I, we were doing you know, a lot of stuff in the Grand Canyon, rim to rims and things along those lines and doing boots. And, uh, you know, I, I kind of watched you know, some of the different through hikers going to the trail runners and stuff. And I thought, well, that makes a lot of sense, you know, lightening those loads. And mm-hmm. since I've gone to trail runners, I would never go back. So
1: yeah, they are a game changer. I'm, I'm right there with you. Uh, never go back to boots. Trail yep. runners are way to go. Yep. Okay. Hey, our next segment,
0: it's the hiking pole,
1: the hiking pole. That is P O L L not P O L E. Uh, this is a seven-question survey that's going to help me put you on a scale. It's going to help me evaluate you, scale from one to a hundred, with one being absolutely bonkers and one hundred being completely sane. Now, this—I don't think we've had an episode air with the new hiking poll in it. So this is, is going to be a little bit of a surprise for you, I think. Oh, okay. Uh, these these are not actually related to hiking. These questions.
2: Oh these
1: no. These are the big questions in life that are debated on a daily basis uh, around the world. And so okay. this these are the big questions. I'm going to see which side of each of these questions you fall on. It's going to help me evaluate uh, if you're ready to get out there on the trail. Okay. You ready for this? I think. Let's do it. Okay. Now, if someone were to ask you ahead of time, say, hey, uh, Mike, how would you rate yourself one to 100 with 100 being completely the same, where, where would you put yourself on the scale? Or where would your, where would your, uh, probably
2: your friends less, and
1: family put you?
2: Well, I would probably put myself at, at maybe 75 and friends and family might be ranking me on down there around 50. Oh, really? 50, 50, 50. Yeah. Yeah. Why do you think that, 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 the difference exists? Uh, well, you know, just, just by doing some of these hikes and things along those lines, they think I'm a little crazy doing that. They're like, why would you do that to yourself? friends like you carry everything you need on your back. Why, why would you do that?
1: <laughs> <laughs> they, they just don't get it until they do it themselves. That's it. Yes. Yep. All right. So seven questions. And these, these are all to be answered from just your, your everyday perspective. Don't think of this as when you're on a hike, this is just everyday stuff. Oh, okay. Okay. Here we go. First question. Do you sleep with your
2: socks on? Not at home, but on the when I when I'm in my quilt in the tent at night, I've got my socks on.
1: Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Yes. No, no, no point deduction yet. That's good. Okay. Okay. Next question. Does pineapple belong on pizza? No. No.
2: No. Why not? I I, I would much rather have, you know, pepperoni, sausage, mushrooms. Okay, so you're kind of like a meat lovers kind of guy. Oh
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, You said mushrooms, vegetables belong on pizza.
2: Oh yeah, yeah. Peppers. Oh yep, everything. I guess you could you could have uh, pineapple occasionally, but it's it's not it's kind of like very low on the totem pole. Only as lower than that would be anchovies.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so meat, it's a thumbs up. Vegetables, thumbs up. You got it. Uh, Fruit like pineapple kind of kind of kind of maybe but um fish definitely not i've never had fish on pizza well anchovies a fish right
2: oh yeah okay 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 yes. yeah that's what i was getting at okay
1: yes okay all right next question do you roll your toilet paper over or under over why do you think that is? That's the correct answer. But what's it's, the analysis there? It's easy the to pull off the roll there, right? Yeah. I mean, you see, you see where it is. It's easy to grab. Yeah. And you don't have to reach underneath and kind of, you know, get the get the roll going to find out where they where That's the. That's it. You're the, not getting little strips of
2: paper all over the floor. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Brilliant. Now, follow up question: This doesn't factor into the poll, but just curiosity. <laughs> when you go to a friend's house or a relative's house, and you're in the bathroom, and you're sitting there and you notice that their role goes under, do you fix it for them? No. No. That's, that's I'm, not, the I'm not
2: that obsessive, no.
1: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think you just called me obsessive. All right. <laughs> next next question. Um, the digital picture, the di- digital animated picture, the the GIF or GIF, G-I-F. Yeah. How do you pronounce G-I-F?
2: Uh, GIF? GIF? jiff yeah that's how i pronounce it not not a gif not a gif but a jiff a jiff yeah jiff is
1: not just for peanut butter
2: Uh, i guess not
1: okay all right uh mike cats or dogs
2: dogs dogs do you have a dog no we've got a cat at home matter of fact this morning My wife's got. Wait a second. Wait a second, old Neil. Wait a
1: second. (laughs) I ask you cats or dogs. You say dogs. And I said, do you have a dog? You say, no, I have a cat. (laughs) (laughs) I like you. This is great. Okay. (laughs) Explain that one to me.
2: Okay. So my wife loves cats and she doesn't like dogs, but I love dogs. And, um, so this morning we just got this Rescue cat with one eye, and the damn cat she leaves the doors open to cool the house off. And I I come in this morning, the cat caught a dove, and he's running through the living room, and I yell at him, yeah and that lets it go. And now that now the dove's flying around the house, and I'm like, "Monica, get in here and help me get this damn bird out of the house," you know. But anyway, your
1: cat brought it in. You help me. Help me. Help
2: me get this bird. (laughs) That's it.
1: Oh my gosh, that's great. That's fantastic. All right, hey Mike. Next question. Question number six. Do you, do you use the Oxford comma? No. No. I don't so think in, in, in the In the sentence, uh, the American flag is red, white, and blue. How many commas are in that sentence?
2: I guess I would be using three. Is that the Oxford comma? Well, three would be a comma after red
1: and a comma after right after white so the second comma in a simple series of three oh, okay if you're if you're using three commas i don't know what kind of comma that is but uh that's that's like oxford squared maybe i don't know
2: well uh, you know I,
1: that's probably me so does, does do you use that second comma before the and red white and blue no i wouldn't you just use, you use red comma white and blue the and right. is the separator between white and yeah blue. yeah that's correct Okay, that's correct. He says it with with authority there. That's correct. Okay. And last question. Last question. Is a hot dog a sandwich? Oh, that's interesting. A hot dog sandwich. We could devote a whole episode to this one.
2: A hot dog. Well, you know, it's got a bun. Mm -hmm. But I guess I wouldn't consider it a sandwich because usually a sandwich has... Well, you got open face sandwiches too. Usually I'd say a sandwich has two pieces of bread, mm-hmm. but, um, hmm. I, I,
1: I had a, I, had I, wouldn't, a
2: uh, I wouldn't consider it a sandwich. I call it. It's like a different category. Hot dog.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So you have yeah, on, on the menu at a restaurant, you'd see sandwiches and hot dog. Wouldn't be one of those. You'd see a separate, a separate section <laughs> of
2: hot dogs. Right. Oh, well, you know what I have? This is, this is, this is complicated. This is very complicated. You you know, I didn't know we're gonna have trick
1: questions here, but yeah. (laughs) So your, your gut instinct is to say hot dog is not a sandwich. It's a separate category.
2: That would be true.
1: Yes. Okay. I had a former guest uh, argue the point that the, the hinge in the hot dog bun is what disqualified it from being a sandwich. Uh He made that, he made that same point that you made that, you know, sandwich has two separate and distinct pieces of bread.
2: Was he an engineer? He may have been, <laughs> he may have been. Is that your background, Mike? No, no, no. but I've, I've, got, I've got some buddies that are engineers and the whole hinge thing sounds like the direction they might go.
1: Yes, yep. All right, hey, let me do some math here, some quick math. Uh, I'm gonna carry the three, I'm gonna divide by pi, I'm gonna multiply by the root of five. And we're going to factor in for the atmospheric pressure of 13,200 feet. You know what's at 13,200 feet, Mike? 13,200 feet. Hmm. Guitar Lake? No, I'm going to ask you that question again in segment two. Okay. And you're, you're going to tell me what's at 13,200 feet. It'll be very yeah. clear at that point. She said 14,505. I know. Oh, I know. This is a trick question. I'm trying to yeah. keep you off balance here. Okay. All right. So I do the math here and I come up with a solid score. Of sixty, I'm afraid that your friends are, are more correct uh, than you oh, are. <laughs> well, you know that's good. Yeah, sixty. Wear that with as a badge of honor. That's I, I
2: will. I I never wanted to be the same guy in the room.
1: Yeah, in fact, you might even introduce yourself on the John Muir Trail to other hikers as sixty, and then the story could be, well, that's, that was my hiking pole story on the, the John freaking Muir Pod.
2: Uh, that you know that would probably fit in more than one way there. <laughs> <laughs> all right Hey, before we get too far down the trail let's back
1: up a little bit uh we'd love to hear your background where you grew up uh you know kind of sports and hobbies and uh, how you got involved in in hiking i mean was this uh was this an experience that your your parents fostered when you were young is this an activity that you guys you guys did on on the regular
2: no when i was a kid growing up i i've lived here in phoenix arizona my entire life and um when we used to go visit the national parks, we would hit five national parks in one day and we would drive by, jump out, take a picture and go to the next one. That was my experience in national parks when I was a kid growing up. And uh, sounds, really that welcome. sounds
1: like uh, Chevy Chase in, in vacation, right? With uh, Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, looking yeah. at the Grand Canyon. All right. Here we are.
2: Close. Exactly. Let's go. <laughs> But um, yeah, and what got me involved in hiking was actually a trip into the Grand Canyon. I had a buddy that uh, planned trips for a a rafting company. And what they, um, he he told me, he's like, hey, I got a screaming deal here, Mike. If you want to go on this trip, um, you know, it's going to be a seven day trip, it's a hiker special, but I need a decision in four hours. And I was like, you know, I really need to work. And I'm like, but I'll go. And so I had to hike down into the Grand Canyon. And i had always seen the Grand Canyon from up top. And I hated it as a kid until I had a chance to get in and experience it and actually get in in the canyon. And then I really enjoyed that. And um, so anyway, we we did that seven-day trip. And it it just opened my eyes to a new world. And then when I uh, came back, I started doing a lot of day hikes and just realized how much of a stress relief it is to get out there and, and hike. And, uh, it's, it's, it's definitely changed my life. And, uh, it, it just helps with the overall attitude. Yeah, there is certainly a restorative
1: aspect to hiking and being out in, in nature.
2: Oh yeah.
1: Yeah, for sure. And reconnecting with us up uh, with, with our, our ancient roots.
2: Yeah, that's true. Um, and, and it's just, it's funny, you know, cause I, I just, A lot of days you you get off work and you just want to go home and sit on the couch. And it's just like, you just need to go out and get some exercise and and your whole attitude changes. Yeah. And I think your experience with
1: the Grand Canyon is not a unique one. I think there are a lot of folks that uh, maybe are impressed with it and maybe see it from from above. But once they get down into it, uh, really fall in love with that whole area.
2: Yeah, we've really enjoyed it. Um, After I did that trip, I've done like 11 rim-to-rim-to-rim trips after that. Now, when I say rim-to-rim-to-rim, I'm not doing rim-cubed. I typically go uh, South Kaibab, um, you know, past Uau Point, and then over to the North Rim, and then we'll have uh, the cabin rented over there and have dinner that night, and then have a party on Saturday, and then hike back on Monday back up the Bright Angel Trail. So So I
1: I don't know if you listened to the Buzz Burrell uh, episode that came out last week.
2: No, I haven't heard that one yet.
1: So he is the popularizer of the FKT. I tried to, I tried to label him as the, as the founder of the FKT, but he just popularized it according to oh, him. Okay. And uh, he did the, the, uh, the rim to rim to rim. And there were too many people, in his opinion, that were, were uh, down on the bridge. And so he and his buddy, instead of going on the bridge, they went a little bit further and they swam across the Colorado River both ways that's uh, on that that's, so that, that that's that's, pretty epic. Quite, that's
2: quite a challenge with those temps and that, that river
1: yeah yes yeah for so. sure all right so you were you were born in arizona and, grew, and you grew up there
2: i did yes okay yep and, and uh yeah and so as far as getting into hiking that's kind of what got me started you know as a mm-hmm. kid you know i rode motocross and did snow skiing and stuff like that but those that was, was really the only sporting activities i did so okay and any brothers or sisters I've got one brother. It's 10 years older, but uh, it's almost like we're two only children. We're so far apart. Yeah. And does he also have a a similar
1: love of the outdoors? No, not at all. No. I think that's interesting (laughs) that uh, kids from the same family unit, you know, they they have varying degrees of relationships with the outdoors.
2: Yeah, we're pretty much polar opposites on everything. It's kind of funny. All
1: right. And hey, Mike, what do you do to pay the bills or what did you do to pay the bills?
2: I actually, um been a concrete contractor here in Phoenix for, for quite a while. And uh, so it's, that's what we've been doing for forever. And that's why I've stayed here because we've got good weather. Talk to people back in Minnesota and places like that. And they'd say, oh, our trucks are froze up. So I never, never wanted to experience that. So I've always stayed here. But uh, it's, now it's a concrete contractor, how, how lucrative is that? it's, it's been a, it's been a good business. Provided mm-hmm. a good life for me. Yeah. So, yeah. But I'm, I'm getting to the point where I'm wanting to get out and do some other things too. So, yeah. Okay. Now what is the attraction
1: to the Sierras? how did you, how did you find out about uh, the John Muir trail and the, and the
2: Sierras? And, you know, and- well, I think what really drew me in is we did Whitney probably about three years ago in September, I think it was like, late september it was because it was like 14 degrees and we were heading up there everything was starting to freeze up big time as far as the waterfalls and stuff like that fell on a stream and froze my boot real quick but um anyway so we got up there and you're when you're hiking whitney i'm sure you've been up there and you get up to that one viewpoint where you dropped down where you can look down on guitar lake and i saw that view and it just blew me away and it, it, ever since then i've been just dying to get back out
1: there and check it out that's interesting because you can do whitney as a mount whitney as a as a one-day hike or, or even a you know two or two or three day hike I, yeah I we did we out. did it as a one-day hike yeah so you come up from whitney portal which is right. on the eastern side of, of the sierra and then hike up go up the 99 switch back get, get up to the top of whitney and then return back home and it's quite i mean it's quite a one-day hike i mean is it uh 20 miles 18 20 yeah, miles?
2: So, something like that i yeah, think it's just a little over 20 yeah and it was i I love that hike again i did it with uh son-in-law daughter-in-law my wife and uh yeah we we all enjoyed it it was uh my favorite picture my daughter-in-law she's just one of these lady one of these these women that just always has a smile on her face and looks great and then at the end of that trip her hair was just all frizzed out and she just looked wiped out
1: and uh whitney will do that to you let me tell you yeah so you can do that as a one-day hike. You go up there, you, you get to the top, and you turn, and you come back. But uh, I love, I love the picture in my mind that you've created of you kind of being up there at Trailcrest Pass or on the trail on the Whitney Trail, the 1.9 Whitney Trail, and looking, looking to the west and seeing Guitar Lake and seeing you know all of that grandeur and beauty beyond that, and just wondering, you know, what if? I mean, what else is back there?
2: Exactly. Yep. No, the seed was planted. And, uh, I've just been dying to get back out there and check it all out since then.
1: Okay. Now, in terms of your family, we've heard of different family members or your wife, uh, daughter-in-law, son-in-law, who was in your, your current family unit?
2: My current family unit is just my wife and I, mm-hmm. um, all the kids are, kids are out now. So I guess we're empty nesters, but, uh, yeah. yeah. How many kids? Um, I've got, uh, three sons and then a, and a stepdaughter too. Yeah. Okay. All right. Nice. Nice. Now, two
1: stepdaughters. Step okay. <laughs> you don't
2: leave one out. You are going to get in trouble. And like I guess I have one stepson too. So if I throw them all in there. Get them all in.
0: Get them yeah. all in. All, all right.
2: right. We don't want any hate mail to the podcast here. Sorry about that, Patrick. That's all right.
1: <laughs> hey, now what, what have you been doing to prepare for the John Muir trail? It's you, when, do, when this is June 1st. Now, when do you depart?
2: Okay. I, I actually, I actually uh, head out first days, July 2nd and I'll be starting at Cottonwood, and um, I'm just going to hike up the Chicken Spring Lake, just do the short five miles the first day, sleep up there, and try to acclimate a little bit to the elevations. Um, last weekend, I went up to Flagstaff, Arizona, um, and we've got um, Mount Humphrey there, which is right around 12,000 something feet, uh-huh. and so I, I went up and, and hiked that, did like 10 miles in, and got up to about 10,000 feet, and camped up there, and then Went over the saddle and back down the other side for another ten miles, and then uh, on Sunday I did a little five-mile hike. So I've been been trying to knock some 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 hikes out like that. I've been taking care of some personal things recently, so I haven't had a chance to train quite as much as I would like to. And then during the week, generally, I'll go out and do five or six miles, oh, two or three times a week is what I've been doing. Okay. So I've got I've got a knee that. You know, it's kind of funny because you sent me that message about this and I was like, damn, I thought I was going to have a rest day. Now I feel like the pressure's on. <laughs> I better go out there and train. And so after doing uh, doing a, a little five-miler out in the desert with that 30-pound pack, my knee's a little tweaked, but I'll be good to go. I'm going to kill physical therapy and be ready to charge. Okay. I didn't mean to add
1: extra pressure to you. Oh, no. No, it's all good. And, hey, Mike, are you doing this solo or are you going with with a buddy? Solo. Um,
2: solo. Solo. Yeah. A, solo,
1: a solo John Muir Trail hike. That is epic, buddy.
2: Yeah. Well, I figured, you know, the John Muir Trail, there's going to be a lot of people out there. I'll get to, you know, meet some some different people. That's one of the things I'm kind of looking forward to is just meet people out on the trail as well. And, uh, you know, trying to find somebody that can go out there and take that much time off is very difficult to do. Mm-hmm. And then also, if you find somebody, having, you've got to know them really well to be able to match your hiking speed. Right. Right you know so this way i can take it easier push as hard as i want either way so
1: that's right that's right kind of take some of that pressure off Yeah. now no pressure here but what what, what is your time frame what, what how, how long do you think this is going to take you
2: i'm planning on uh, hiking 20 i'm going to be there out 23 days okay and i'm going to take a zero at vbr and uh, actually that falls right on my birthday so i'll uh, turn 61 there and uh have some burgers and beers there if everything goes as planned knock on wood and uh and uh and then have my wife pick me up at uh over at uh, you know it clouds rest okay mm-hmm.
1: all right now are you a big planner mike i mean do you try and map out every detail or how, how much really. i mean
2: I, I wanted to get an idea of kind of where i was going to be just roughly from a uh-huh. mileage standpoint and, um, but I don't have everything totally planned out. And matter of fact, I still need to pack my resupplies. That's something I need to do this week and get those shipped out. I've got most of the stuff here as far as the freeze dried fruit food and stuff like that. But as far as the miscellaneous knicker bars or whatever, I need to get all that put together. So
1: Okay. And I heard you mentioned 30 pound pack. Is that what you're expecting on carrying?
2: I don't know. Generally my base weight, I would like to keep it around I'm, I'm not ultralight. That's for sure. Probably about 20 pounds. Um, but with the bear canister and stuff like that, you know, there's an extra two pounds right there close to it. Mm -hmm. And with the seven day food resupply, I'm going to really look at that hard because I know when we did, um, section J last year, the food bag was 14 pounds all by itself, you know? And it's like, I want to lighten that up for sure. Yeah. you You know how you lighten that up? You eat as fast as you
1: can. There you go. I'll eat it all on the first day, right? That's right. That's right. <laughs> and you burn. You can burn it off the rest of the way. There you go. All right. Hey, old mule. Uh, what are you looking forward to? On the you know, I think what I'm really.
2: Go ahead. Looking forward to the the views and creating a lot of really good memories on the trail, and just you know, having a chance to visit with a few people along the way, and and um, you know, it's just living the dream as far as. It's something that I've always wanted to do, and I don't want to get to a point in my life later on and go, "Boy, I wish I would have tried that." You know, I, I think I could have done it, but I never tried. So I'm, that, you know, you got to go for it. Yeah.
1: Is there one particular location that you've heard about
2: that, that really intrigues you that you're you're looking forward to more than uh, other parts? Not really. Um, you know, it's you know, with with the elevations, uh, it's it's going to be interesting, um, but. You know, because it's there's so much granite and, uh, you know, just just the type of scenery I'm used to. I've seen around Whitney previously. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what I'm anticipating until I get closer to Yosemite. Um, but uh, nothing in particular, um, you know, some of the lakes and stuff I've heard really good things about. So that'll be fun. Especially, you know, living in Arizona all your life. Anytime you see water, it's a real treat. (laughs) You get real excited. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It doesn't take (laughs) much to get me excited when I see water. All
1: right. And and hey, Mike, what what are you not looking forward to?
2: Uh, Not looking forward to um, just the heavy pack. You know, hopefully I can lighten that thing up. I've got, I'm going to go through it about three times and figure out what I can get out of there.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And just remember every, every step you take, I mean, you are, you are conditioning yourself. So, I mean, the the first couple of days may be rough, but you stick with it and it's just going to get better and better.
2: Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm a little nervous about the, you know, when I did section J on the Pacific crest trail last year, that snow to Stevens pass. That Mm -hmm. was so beautiful. The bar I never thought uh, it was, is so high, you know, and it's just like, wow. But you know, every well, you know, every environment is different and and everything has its own beauty. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing what I can discover.
1: Yeah, I don't think you'll be disappointed. Yeah. No nope. okay. heard nothing but good things. All right. Hey, we're going to take a quick break. Well, quick for you listeners, not so quick for us. We're going to take a quick break. Um, and when we come back, Mike will have done the John Muir Trail. And we're going to hear how reality measured up to expectations so stay tuned for that we'll see you in just about 45 seconds in your time and probably about a month and a half in our time so stay tuned for that we'll be right back from the back country to the backyard we believe everyone deserves the highest level of protection knowing that their products have been tested and chosen by those who count on serious protection on the trail all day long. Six Moon Designs has been innovating ultralight backpacking gear for the past 20 years. With a wide range of products ranging from ultralight shelters to backpacks and accessories like their extensive line of trekking umbrellas, Six Moon Designs is sure to have a great piece of gear for your needs. With the company philosophy being that gear should aid one's experience, not define it. Six Moon Designs thinks the more time people spend outside the natural world, the better off this world will be. And remember, go wild, live young. Want to make a podcast? Spotify's got a platform that lets you make one super easily, then distribute it everywhere and even earn money, all in one place for free. It's called Spotify for Podcasters, and here's how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast to Spotify and everywhere else podcasts are heard. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. With Spotify for Podcasters, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, it's totally free with no catch. Since I discovered Spotify for Podcasters, I feel like my creativity has raised to another level. I highly recommend you give it a try. Download the Spotify for Podcasters app or go to www.spotify.com backslash podcasters to get started. And welcome back. We, uh, for... We've been talking to Mike Riggs, and for you listeners out there and viewers who are watching on YouTube, only about, uh, what, 30, 45 seconds has passed in your life, but let me tell you, weeks have gone by, and a lot has happened since last we talked to Mike Riggs. Welcome back to the podcast. How you doing, Mike? Yeah, hey, I'm doing pretty good. Thanks for running me through that time machine there, Doc. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's it's a, it's it's going to be weird listening to this because, you know, I talked to you Weeks ago, and uh, you went and did your trip, and here we are. We are following up. It is post-JMT hike, right. and I can't wait to hear about the good times you had out there, and and maybe the bad times. I don't know.
2: Oh, it was, it was an awesome trip. Yes. Okay.
1: And, and a funny part that we have to share with our listeners is that I did the High Sierra Trail this summer. And we were coming off the High Sierra Trail. We did a a little variation of the ending point. We had done the the Mount Whitney finish a couple of times as part of uh, some of our JMT hikes. And so we decided we weren't going to do the the Mount Whitney exit to the High Sierra Trail. We actually veered south and came out through Cottonwood Pass. And so uh, we're coming over Cottonwood Pass, and we finally get to it. And uh, I hear my friends, the guys I'm hiking with, talking to somebody. And they're, you know, exchanging pleasantries and and stories and, and what have you, and something something rings in my memory as to, wait a second, I think I might know this guy, <laughs> and lo and behold, it was Mike Riggs starting out, and I remembered that he was going to start his trip on July second. This was July second. We were finishing up our trip, and uh, we had a happy reunion there on top of Cottonwood Pass.
2: Yep, definitely a very small world. And uh, that was the beginning actually of meeting people on the trail and it, that was that was one of the neat things about the JMT.
1: Okay yeah that was that was a lot of fun. And I'm trying to remember when we did our first
2: segment, did you have the full beard? Nope, I did not have a beard. That's uh, that's something that, that I, I did for the JMT and uh, thought I'd just leave it on at least to get through this interview and then I'll, I might get rid of this white thing. Grandkids are calling me Santa, so I don't know what to do with this. So we'll see.
1: <laughs> Perfect. You look, you look like a hiker. Yeah, very good. All right, so let's talk. What, what, what happened out there? You started so, July second. Uh, so I saw I actually, you on top of uh,
2: Cottonwood, and then you did. You ran into my wife and I on Cottonwood. Mm-hmm. So we were going up to uh, heading up to Cottonwood, going to Chicken Spring Lake for the first night. I wanted to acclimate up there because Chicken Spring Lake's right around eleven thousand feet. And I just wanted to make sure I wasn't going to have any issues with altitude or anything. So I was kind of playing it, by, playing it safe. So it's about a five-mile hike in there. And Monica, my wife, went with me, which was really cool. And um, we, uh, we camped up there. And then she uh, packed everything up and, and went on home and, and did her trip up to Washington and Oregon. And then I headed out and uh, started my journey, my adventure there on the John Muir Trail, which was just awesome. Okay, and, so uh, you started a little bit south yes. of, of Mount Whitney. So how many total miles did you end up doing? Probably with the resupplies, uh, probably close to about 260 miles.
1: Wow, nice yeah. done, Mike. That's awesome. Yeah, so
2: it was, uh, I, I took 23 days, and um, I took two zeros in Vermillion Valley, and I did a resupply uh, over Kearsarge Pass, into Onion Valley. And then I stayed at Mount Williams Hotel, which was really nice. Those people are awesome. And, uh, got a, got a shuttle ride in there from Lone Pine Kirk and, uh, took me into, to to Mount Williams and had a beer and they washed my clothes and got my bucket, did a resupply and was back out on the trail the following morning. And, uh, then my other resupply was in Vermillion Valley. So those were my two resupplies on the trip.
1: Okay. Now I think, in the first segment, we did we try out a a trail name we, the mule was it?
2: Yeah, yeah. So uh did that stick, rest- or have
1: you picked have you picked up something else?
2: Well, you know what they they tried to give me the name smooth a bunch of guys I mm-hmm. met and they were just being way too kind. You know, a trail trail name I think has to uh, have a little bit of harassment to go along with it, but, uh, they were, I'm like, smooth, why smooth? And I'm like, well, you just got your, you know, you got everything together, you're real efficient hiker and all that stuff. And I'm like, you guys are being way too nice. So people had asked me the my trail name and I really didn't get another one on the trail. So I said, you know, my trail name is smoother, AKA the old mule. And, uh, yeah. So that's, that's kind of what I stuck with. Nice. Now, the people that tried to stick you with
1: smooth, did they were, were they experienced hikers? Were they yeah, kind of yeah, out no, there? Or?
2: No, they were they were experienced hikers. They had um, done the JMT before. Um, there was actually, I called them the uh, Zonies. I ran into those guys at Chicken Spring Lake. There was four of them from Arizona, and um, actually uh, introduced myself there uh, at Chicken Spring Lake, and then uh, we. Uh, I ran into them on, on day two and actually ended up hiking with them for about three days, three or four days. And we went up and did, summited Whitney and, and camped out at uh, rock spring and Crabtree for two nights there. And, uh, so that was awesome getting to know those guys and stuff, but yeah, they were, they were fairly experienced. Two of them, one of them had done it, well, actually two of them did the JMT about two years ago. Mm -hmm. And so uh, two of the four guys were doing the full JMT this year. And, uh, yeah, so it was, it was, cool. it was fun.
1: Well, I think you should take that as a high compliment. If you have experienced hikers calling you smooth, I mean, that's, uh, that means that you're doing something right out there.
2: Well, well, I guess maybe, maybe they just didn't get to know me well enough to give me a real hard time. So yeah, it was all, it was all, uh, smoke
1: and mirrors out there for you. Yeah. Very yeah. good. All right. Hey, uh, chicken spring lake. We made the decision not to go down to Chicken Spring Lake because we were were finishing up. We thought we had enough. We could just finish out without uh, doing any kind of, uh, you know, picking up some new water. But it looked pretty low. It was water level.
2: It was it was a little low, but um, it really wasn't too bad. You know, as far as that was, I've only been there once. So I, you know, this is my first time there. So I really am not sure where the high water mark would be um when i was at uh Vermillion valley resort that lake was very low yeah um, that was the one that i only at edison lake seemed like it was extremely low uh, they were still running the ferry back and forth fishing boat there but um chicken spring lake might have been a little low but um i i just don't have any prior experience and i couldn't really see any high water marks on it like you could on on the other lake so
1: yeah, it was, I mean, overall, that last stretch for us on the High Sierra Trail, the 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 alternate route and the alternate ending that we took, uh, was pretty dry. We went long stretches without any kind of water source, probably 8, 10 miles with no water source. I think probably from Chicken Spring Lake to Guyot Pass was was pretty dry, other than the the
2: river down at the bottom by the campsite uh, at the bottom of Guyot Pass. So right, I, yeah, I, most of the trail was in pretty good shape. I I hiked. Oh, majority of it, all except for one day, with just uh, one liter of water, carrying mm-hmm. a liter at a time, and that's a big deal for me. Uh, being from Arizona, I'm used to carrying three to four liters of water all the time, and uh, so it took me a, while, a little while to make that adjustment. But it, it wasn't bad until I got um, down toward um, oh man, i forgot the pass uh, go or, or the uh, the area going into the Vermillion Valley Resort area um, that that um, area got, got pretty dry on us.
1: Mm -hmm. Okay.
2: Now we talked a little bit
1: about uh, expectations in the first segment and what you were looking forward to. Did, did the trail live up to your
2: expectations or or were you surprised? It did actually. It was, it was awesome. You know, I had the bar set pretty high and it was, it was really good. And, um, I think what I really enjoyed, I was, I was shocked because I was doing it as a solo hike. So I figured I would be out there majority of the time by myself. And I just ran across so many fun people. Um, I probably only spent maybe three days, four days by myself out there, and the rest of the time I was I was hiking with somebody all the time. So it was it was fun. Okay. So that was nice. And then as far as the the trail itself, um, from an expectation standpoint, I'll say when you're when you're doing your planning for the John Muir Trail, John Muir Trail miles are not Sierra miles are not like normal miles because the elevation gain and loss, you know, you're constantly climbing up and over those passes and down those passes. Um, You might want to be a little more conservative on your estimates as far as the mileage that you're knocking out. And then also um, if I had to re, if I had to do it over again, I did it in 23 days with two zeros, which was fun, but um, I would probably give myself Maybe a couple more days just so I could hang out at some lakes, like at Ray Lakes or something like that, because we got into Ray Lakes and it was kind of late in the afternoon. It was it was beautiful. And when I woke up, I was just shocked at how nice it was, but I needed to push on and keep going. So I would, didn't have an opportunity just to just kind of hang out and go swimming and and really enjoy it. OK, but, speaking
1: yeah. of speaking of swimming, did you take any dips along the way?
2: Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, definitely. Where where'd you go in? I went in up at, um, oh shoot, uh, I've drawn a blank now, um, Garnett Lake. Okay, yep. Y- yep, so as you go across Garnett Lake, there's kind of an outlet where the lake drains, and and it, if, as you walk across there, there's like a sandy beach over there, so it's fairly warm for the Sierra, and I went swimming in there, and that was really nice. It was 57 and, uh, degrees wow. instead of 55 degrees? Exactly. Yes, nice. And then- and actually it was, it was, it was probably a set but okay. maybe 60s. I don't know. But, and then, then up around, um, Cathedral Lakes too. That was real nice too. Mm-hmm. So yeah, those are the two places I went swimming. Okay. Now what were some of your more
1: memorable moments out there? When you think back on this trip, what, what jumps out at you?
2: Well, of course, Whitney's always a memory as you're going up there. Um, which is cool. Um, because you're going up, well, well, actually I'm gonna back up for a second because at Chicken Spring Lake I really didn't have very high expectations at Chicken Spring Lake looking at photos but the trees and stuff there were really cool the, the you know even the dead trees were really neat and then um, Whitney you know you're you're climbing up that Rocky Mountain and that's always fun and uh, summoning that was that was awesome and then um, going back across um, uh toward the suspension bridge and stuff. That was fun. Um, Actually when I was going in there, I ran into a bear, which was fun. Um, I was coming around a corner and and uh I could see some movement there and and I don't Dan Becker has a really short, funny video where he's he's doing an interview kind of with himself. But anyway it's it's a hiker talking to like a neighbor and and they're like what are you gonna do? if you run into wild animals out there and he's like, well, I'm just going to yell, Hey bear. And they're going to instinctively run away in fear. And then at the end of the video, you hear him going, Hey bear, Hey bear. And he's running away from a bear chase at them, you know? So anyway, I, I ran into the bear and I'm like, Hey bear, Hey bear. And uh, he's just kind of looking at me and he slowly starts walking away. He was a really pretty cinnamon colored bear, you know, brown bear, but he was black bear, but um, and, and I started what the trail kind of turned. So I'm following him in and he turns around and kind of squares up with me a little bit facing me. And I'm like, Oh, are we going to have a charge here? What's going on? I'm like, Hey bear, you know? And, uh, so I'm, I'm like, all right, well, I'm just going to slowly walk away here. And I'm, you know, hopefully he didn't think I'm prey or something, but it wasn't really a big deal. And I uh, walked on away and, And uh, then I'm heading toward the suspension bridge, and uh, some kid comes running down the trail, literally running. And I turn around real fast, and he's like, "What's up?" And I said, "Oh, well, I just was ran into a bear. I just wanted to make sure it wasn't the bear running back after me." And he's like, "Oh, really?" And I'm like, "Yeah." And he had his earbuds on and stuff. I'm like, "Yeah, he probably ran right past him." And I saw another guy, and he's at at um at the bear box. And I'm like, hey, buddy, you're going to want to use that tonight. I just ran across a the bear there. And he's like, really, how big? And I'm like, well, you know, I kind of explained how big he was. He's a pretty good sized bear and uh, old? And I'm like, I don't know how old he is. And so I went on down to the suspension bridge and filtered water and came back up. And he's like, hey, buddy. And I'm like, what? And he's like, your bear just stole somebody's pack. And I'm like, what? And he's like, yeah, your bear just stole somebody's pack and ran off with his pack. And I chased that bear down and I gave him a real hay bear. I threw a bunch of rocks at, at him and scared him, you know, hit the, hit the trees and stuff to make a lot of noise. And then finally dropped the pack and kind of looked a little bit like a yard sale. And uh, and uh, he he dropped it and the guy was able to get all his food and stuff back. And now, let like, me
1: clarify. Were you the one chasing the bear and throwing rocks at it? Or this is the guy telling you the story?
2: No, the guy, after I filtered the water, the guy it, was like telling it. at the bear box, hey, you better watch this. Right, and come to find out, he he was actually a guide up in Alaska, and it was the guy that was kind of watching the fishing guys. And he was up there with the bear spray, and I think he said he had a shotgun with rubber bullets up there. So he's used to chasing off the big brown bear, so it was no big deal. But it was it was kind of funny because later I found out it was one of the guys that I summited Whitney with, chirac and. Uh, rob another one of the guys i met he was like well now we're gonna call him bear bait but um i didn't have a chance to see him again but it was it was Chirac that got his pack stolen oh no yeah wow but he, they were getting ready to go home. He got his pack home he's got a good story um, i'm sure right now. yeah that that is a good story that's yeah. great so that was fun and then of course the suspension bridge was fun um and then, you know, just meeting all the people on the trail was awesome and visiting with everybody and seeing how the the when you're going through the different elevations and stuff, how the the terrain changes as far as kind of different uh, climatic type zones and, and uh, vegetation that you're experiencing on the trail. That was fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, the only other thing that was kind of kind of funny that happened there was when I was at Vermillion Valley Resort kind of hanging out you know having a beer and uh watching a storm blow across the lake well it just barely sprinkled on us but they're running a their their ferry they're using just a fishing boat because the lake's so low so they had this guy in his 30s or so zipping across the lake to pick up the afternoon hikers and that storm as it was blowing across he had a couple lightning strikes hit the lake and uh So the hikers at the other end of the lake were in the middle of a hailstorm and a big rainstorm. And, you know, it was a pretty, pretty intense storm. From what I hear, we weren't experiencing on our side of the lake. And uh, the ferry operator just ran the boat up on shore, jumped out of the boat and said, run! (laughs) And he wasn't a hiker. He ran all the way back to the resort seven and a half miles and left the boat there. And then they had to pick it up the next day. So it was kind of like a John Candy movie, you know, if you've ever seen The Great Outdoors or something like that. It was just, it, I thought it was pretty funny. And then hearing yeah. the guy talk, I had a chance to talk to him a little bit at the, at the bar a little bit later. And uh, yeah, he, he was like, man, I'm sore. I had no idea that 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 trail you had to go up and down so much. You know, he's like, I had a new Bluetooth speaker on. I turned it on as loud as it would go. And I just ran as fast as I could trying to get away from that light. So that, that was, is
1: hilarious that, yeah. that is a scene out of a movie that's crazy
2: it was it was good yeah but
1: now smooth did you have any favorite passes out there
2: um actually uh i we i really enjoyed forester we we when we were hiking up to forester we camped just to blow it and um where we were camping there we ended up cowboy camping and then we did forester it really wasn't that big of a deal for us. Of course, we had perfect weather conditions, and no snow, so it's not like we we're a PCT hiker battle on that. And uh, and that so that was that was that was beautiful. And then um, nice. Now,
1: hang on, I want to clarify. You 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 are going northbound, and you can't right. you cowboy camped before right before Forester. Correct. Yes. I have heard from other people that that is a, a just a a an amazing night of camping uh, just south of of Forester.
2: It was. It was. It was beautiful. We were we were kind of overlooking a lake and the mountains, and um, you'd wake up and look up and you'd just see the stars and see you know shooting stars and everything like that. So that was very memorable. Beautiful. Yeah, it was very very nice. And, okay. Uh, and other than Forrester, another favorite pass. Forrester. Um, I was surprised. Um, Kearsarge wasn't too bad, mm-hmm. um, but we did Kearsarge and Glen in the same day. And Glenn was a bit of a grind mm-hmm. getting over that one. Um, but uh yeah, I guess Glenn was memorable just because it was it was a little more difficult than I had expected going into Ray Lakes and stuff like that.
1: Yeah, and it's like a knife's edge up there on Glenn. Oh yeah. Yeah, you get that that sense of you know sheer drop off on either side of you.
2: You definitely you definitely feel like you're going over a pass. Some of the other passes were like, ah, is this really a pass? But Glenn is like, Oh yeah, this is it.
1: So, this is this is, this is a pass. This is a yeah. an official pass. Yeah, my son and I, we camped just north of, of Glen. We're actually between Ray Lakes and Glen Pass. There's a, a nice little hidden campsite there. And we ended up doing Glen the next morning and then uh, over Forrester in the afternoons. we did Glenn and Forester in, in the same day, which was Oh, there you, you know, go. I, he was he was 19 at the time and so I, I was just trying to keep up with him I the, the pressure was on
2: yeah yeah you, you couldn't you couldn't let him get too far out in front of you that's right you wouldn't, you wouldn't hear the end of it <laughs> <laughs> exactly right smooth exactly
1: right yes. how about campsites do you have any favorite campsites
2: um campsites I think um again Ray lakes was one of my favorites we actually got in there and it was almost dark set up our tents and um I was like with Rob at that point in time. And, and then in the morning, when I looked out my window, I had this incredible view of the lake and everything. It was just like, wow, it was, it was, it was right out of a postcard, no doubt. So that was pretty cool. Nice. And, And, uh, um, I don't know. There was a lot of memorable spots as far as, as far as nice camp spots along the way. But, um, that was definitely one of them, one of my favorites there. Now, where
1: where at Ray Lakes did you camp? Was it the uh the lake closest to Glen Pass or the or the lake furthest from Glen Pass? Uh furthest. Furthest, yeah. We had a campsite on that that lake as
2: well. It was just gorgeous. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We ended up the furthest one. So we passed went past the ranger station and all that stuff. Yeah. Right. Right. Okay. Now, did you finish at Happy Isles? I did. I finished Happy Isles, and uh, so when I was when I was coming into um, oh, where was I coming into? Look, I'm cheating here. Tommy Meadows. I started getting into some smoke at that point in time from the fires, mm-hmm. just a little bit. Up to up until that point, it was perfect weather all the way, except for Silver Pass. Uh, when I did Silver Pass, I had about a day or maybe a half a day of rain. Mm-hmm. one lightning strike up there but we went ahead and pushed on over because it didn't it, it wasn't too bad and then um and then finished up in happy isles and so going past half dome and all that stuff you couldn't see that very well because of the the smoke mm. from the fire that's but bad. It, yeah but that's okay you know it's we'll get uh give next my next trip on the john Muir trail i'll hit it. maybe i can hit it from the different from the other direction and uh and go uh southbound next time and hit hit um half dome and all that good stuff you never know that's great i love hearing that smooth i love i love hearing next time on the jmt
1: and then you're not not just doing the same thing but doing it from the different direction that would be incredible yeah it'd be it'd be fun for sure yeah yeah, yeah. and t- take us through that last day where you know you've, you've got 250 plus miles under your feet and you are heading in towards that final sign Uh, down past Nevada Falls and down into into Happy Isles. Was it crowded? Were there a lot of people on hand? And, you know, what what were you feeling? What were you thinking as you were were taking those final steps?
2: It it was fun um, because, of course, when you're in the middle of the trail and you stop and talk to hikers, everybody's doing the same thing that you are because you're out there so far, you know, so either they're northbound or southbound JMT or PCT hikers. And you've got a lot of a lot in common with them. And as you're getting into Happy Isles and you're getting into all the tourists, it's starting to feel a little bit more like Disneyland coming in there. And, uh, you know, you've got a lot of day hikers and that kind of stuff. And people don't have a clue what you've just done or anything along those lines. Um, and it was cool because my wife uh, ended up coming back in to pick me up, her and her sister. So I was meeting I met them down down at uh, one of the waterfalls down there. And, uh, and it was, it was, it was a a great way to finish the hike because, uh, you know, I, I had family there and somebody to kind of celebrate with and go out and eat some pizza and have some beers and, and just relax and, and, uh, relive it a little bit with them. So, so it was, it was a lot of fun.
1: Well, Mike, what an accomplishment. Congratulations. I am so excited for you and a little bit jealous because even though I was in the Sierras, there's there's nothing quite like the
2: John Muir Trail. So, uh, what an accomplishment! Congratulations. Well, th- well, thank you. Yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. You know, one thing I would say to anybody that's thinking about doing it, and that is just train for it and do it. You know, get out there and, and go for it. And and uh, it's interesting because now that I've had an opportunity to do this, I feel more confident going out and doing something similar or or maybe even something a little bit more challenging in the future. So, um, but, you know, I had some knee issues and stuff. When I first started, I was going to physical therapy. I was like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do this. And I was like, but I am not going to miss this opportunity and just took it one step at a time. And, you know, it was an awesome trip and everything worked out great. Okay. Now, now smooth. One of my favorite questions
1: to ask is what would 260 miles smooth whisper in the ear of mile one smooth. What advice would you have for yourself uh, as you're getting started on this hike again?
2: Um, just relax and and enjoy living the moment and just take it all in. Um, I, I think that that would be one of the things. Um, and um, wow, I, I don't, I don't really know what else to say other than that. Yes.
1: Nice. Um, Yeah. Well done. And I'm so happy that uh, by just by happy coincidence, I ran into you out there. That was, you know, what a story that is as well. That was,
2: that was, that was, that was a felt like a very small world when that happened. That's for sure. And actually it was interesting because I ran into some other people too, that I had kind of communicated with a little bit on Facebook from the John Muir trail, um, uh, uh, Facebook page. And it was it was cool running into those people too as well. And mm-hmm. uh, and I will say one thing, and that is when you're doing the John Muir Trail, take the time to hit all the sites and enjoy everything. So go swimming uh, when you're over around Muir Ranch. Go hit the hot springs. You know those were fun. Um, that really wasn't a swim. That was more of a dip. But um, and and just take advantage of everything that you can do. I
1: would wholeheartedly echo that we were on the high Sierra trail and we went by the current hot springs and I said, Hey, are we doing the springs? And the guys I'm hiking with are like, well, you know, we can stop for lunch or whatever. I'm not, I don't think I'm going to do it. And I said, guys, we are out here for the experience. I'm going to experience everything. I'm going in the hot spring and I, I did it. And, and I think I guilted them into doing it as well there you go what are we doing out here we're not here just to pound the miles we are out here to to to
2: experience things that's it for sure and 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 i think that's that's what's kind of cool about doing the john muir trail it's a short enough trail that you can slow down just a little bit and enjoy it um and um i'm not taking anything away from the pct hikers those guys kick um you know when you watch them you know you you know when you got a pct hiker coming up on you or close to you because they're just kicking up those those passes like it's nothing because they got good trail legs and they're used to knocking out 20s you know easy and i think my longest day was about 20 miles going into um vermilion valley resort um but um most of my days i was i was probably doing like you know 12 to fifteen. Probably closer to 15,
1: but yeah. Yeah, you know, it's it's hike your own hike out there, but I think there is a a difference in the type of hike that, that folks do. So I mean PCT, they've got to cover 2,600 miles. Right. And you know, we all don't have we don't have unlimited time. It's very rare the person that has unlimited time. And so they they've got to do the miles, they've got to do 20, 25, 30, 30 plus miles. Right. And so they are they are pounding the trail and they're they're getting after it. But if you're doing a 260 mile hike, over 23 days, I mean, you, you have the luxury of being able to, you know, look around and smell the roses and take a dip in the lakes and get uh, into those
2: hot springs and whatever else is out there. Absolutely. That's it. You definitely want to get in the lakes and enjoy the hot springs and do it all. Yeah. So, and I don't, I don't know if I, if I expressed this to the, to the listeners out there, but it was so
1: cool seeing you on top of Cottonwood pass and the the whole way it went down. You know, I hear you guys talking. I hear your name is Mike. All of a sudden, something clicks in my mind. Uh, July 2nd. that That's a date I that I'm familiar with, with a guy named Mike. He's doing the, you know, you, you said you're doing the John Muir Trail. And yeah. so I looked at Mike and I said, I said, is your name Mike? And you said, yes. And I said, is it Mike Riggs? and in your eyes you got really wide like oh my gosh how does this guy know my name and it was then when we realized who each other was that was it It, was so so fun to to that was that was great well
2: congratulations smooth hey smooth you know where we are uh no because i don't remember if we did the pro tip last time or not that's the only place we might be so
1: the pro tip insight of the week. Look at that!
2: Uh, you're a seasoned
1: vet of the JFM yes. Pod. Uh, that's right. It is time for the pro tip insight of the week. Uh, that time of the episode where you get to t- share some trail wisdom with our listeners to make their next outdoor experience even better. So smooth. What do you have for us?
2: Okay, so I, I think the the most important thing I can say is do not be shy on the John Muir Trail. Say hello to everybody you meet. Take the time to visit with them. You're going to meet people from all over the world, um, all over the U S you're probably going to make some new friends that you hopefully are going to be lifelong friends for you. And, um, that's, that's one of the beauties of doing this trail is just the people out there are incredible. Um, and I think I kind of said that during the interview, but I'll just say it one more time. So that's that, that, I guess that's my number one pro tip, not, well, it's, I'm not guessing. That is my number one pro tip. And then the other tip that I had is when I was I was you know thinking about the TP situation and having to carry that out. And so one of the guys that I was hiking with, he was he was doing the 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 bode thing, and I I that's not going to work for me because i I've, I've almost got to pre dig cat holes when I wake up in the morning. There's a, there's a clock ticking when I wake up. So, <laughs> so actually what I did is I went to the pet, pet food store and picked up little doggy bags, like you would use to pick up after your dog and use those. And they worked out really slick. It was no big deal. to pick up after yourself and make sure everything was clean out there. And that's one thing that was really cool about the trail too, is I did not see, I don't think I saw any TP on the trail and stuff like that. So Okay. So just to clarify, you use the doggy bags to house your used TP. That is correct. And then I threw those in a big Ziploc bag. Got it. And yeah. they're black and it was no big deal, you know. So you just had a little roll of those babies, ripped it off, threw your used TP in there, threw it Got in it. the bag and you were you were done. For a second there, I thought you were picking up your business
1: and and carrying that the whole way with you. That <laughs> you're supposed to be getting rid of weight, not adding it. So. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. No, no. That's oh, okay. I do have one other pro tip, and that <laughs> is you might look at your food situation, and you're probably well. I guess it it varies quite a bit, but I ended up taking more than I really needed, um, and that's that's a real balancing act there. I guess that's just something you're gonna learn from experience. So. It is. I found on most of my trips,
1: I typically bring stuff back with me. I bring more than than I should have, and it's you know I'm planning on you know what do I eat in the morning, what do I eat during the day, lunch, uh, dinner, and you know you you're out there working, and sometimes you know you, it almost feels like you're too tired to eat, or you you know you just oh you don't you don't get after it too much.
2: Oh, I, I agree with you hundred percent there. You yeah. are sometimes, some days it's just like, you know, you're too tired. I, I like one night I came into camp and I ate a Snickers bar for dinner and went to bed, you know? Yeah. Um, and then also you will get tired of some of your food. So it's good to have a little variety out there. Yeah. Um, well, well when I, when I hiked in that 20 miles to uh Vermillion Valley resort, it's because I didn't want to eat one more of my, uh, bars that I had. So,
1: that's a nice incentive there to do nice. the extra miles. All mm-hmm. right. Well, hey, so there you have it. That's it. This episode is just about in the books. Hope our listeners enjoyed our time with Smooth. Want to thank him for joining us this week. Mike, how can our listeners keep up with you on social media, and where can they find updates on your latest adventures?
2: Uh, latest adventures, I post a few things on YouTube. Uh, Mike. Uh, it's Mike Riggs Adventures, R-I-G-G-S. And um, then uh, Instagram, it's just Mike our rigs is where they can find me there. So, Okay.
1: Well, remember to check out the pod on social media as well. We're on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And if you have comments or clips you want to share, you can send it to me at johnfreakingmirror at gmail.com.
2: The Adventure Media Recommendation.
1: All right, Mike. I'm also looking to you to share a recommendation for a book, a movie, documentary, some kind of adventure media that's going to keep our listeners connected to the outdoor life. We call this our adventure media recommendation. What do you have?
2: So the adventure media recommendation, um, there is a book called the trail. It's about the John Muir trail. And it's about a uh, young guy that's hiking with one of his dad's buddies. And this, uh, is, his uh, dad's friends, not real well. And that's kind of an interesting book. Um, so that, that's a good one. And I, I'd say that's it. Yeah. The Trail. Do you know who wrote it? I don't, right? I can look it up here, but I am drawing a blank right now. Um, you might edit this out here. Oh, no, this is good stuff right here.
1: We love it. We okay, love, uh, it's uh, your... The
2: Trail by Ethan gallagy G-O-L-L-O-G-Y. Okay. Yeah, and that's and actually that's available on Audible too. So if you're out hiking, you can listen to that while you're while you're hiking. So all right, sounds like a good one. Yeah. What have we not asked you?
1: All right, smooth. Before we wrap things up, I've got just one more segment for you called "What Have I Not Asked You That You're Dying to Tell Us About?" What what did we miss during the interview, either segment one or segment two?
2: Okay, I would think. Okay, what you've got to do is. You got to eat breakfast at Vermillion Valley Resort because the pancakes, I mean, it's just incredible how much food you're going to get there. I always was like, I want that cheeseburger. I'm hiking in there so I can get that cheeseburger. I never ate one because I always ate such a big breakfast. I couldn't eat lunch. And uh, so that's one. And then, um, oh, shoot. Um, And then you're going to want to get a a shake at uh, Red's Meadow, too. So the chocolate shakes at Reds Meadow are to die for as well. So those two things you got to do. Nice. You can, you can calorie boost
1: at Reds and at Vermillion. There you go. All right. Well, Hey, that is a wrap from the John Freaky mirror studio. Any shout outs to friends and family smooth.
2: I just want to thank my wife for all of her support and uh, say hello to all the guys I met on the trail, the Zonies, Dave Scott, Chris and John, Chirac, Rod, uh rob excuse me and uh and robin and then also david too so yeah i just met a lot of really awesome people out there
1: nice uh friend friendships you're going to carry on with after the trail
2: oh yeah yeah planning on doing some trips who knows maybe wind river or something like that here in the future oh fantastic you got to come back on and talk to us about it yeah we'll do okay
1: all right Hey, thank you for tuning in always remember the trail is the trail It doesn't care if you want to go downhill. It doesn't care if it's almost dark and you're looking for a campsite. It doesn't even care if the bear stole your backpack and tossed your gear to get your food. The trail is the trail. Embrace the suck.
2: All right.